Welcome to the ServiceNow Executive Circle UKNI podcast. I'm joined today by two guests, Blair Palmer, guest speaker, author, consultant and commentator on the future trends in business, and Mark Allen, ServiceNow UK and Ireland's Head of Employee Experience. Welcome. Hey. Hey, great to be here. So we're here today to talk about the employee experience and how that is evolving. I think we are so used to hearing and reading about the great reprioritization, the great rebalance, hybrid working, quiet quitting, and I think none of that's going away. Is it a lasting legacy from COVID and lockdown or is there more at play here? I don't think it is the lasting legacy of COVID. I think that this stuff has been around for quite a long time. I think what's happened is COVID and the pandemic and working from home, that's fast forwarded us and it's forced companies to acknowledge that not only can they work from home, but they often are more productive and actually more engaged when they get the opportunity to work flexibly. Today's employees, and we can talk about young people and older people, everyone in the work in the workplace is looking for a, a new deal with their organization. They're looking for work that is meaningful, that they have some autonomy, some influence over. And the uh, realizations we had over COVID were just the thin end of the wedge, I think, of what's about to hit us. And and Mark, your view? Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I I think one of the things that COVID did was accelerated a number of I think very important discussions that were happening between the employer and the employee and I think because of what happened during during Covid it, it, as I say it brought those things together accelerated that but now it's opened Pandora's box a little bit I think the employees are saying what more could we do how could we work even you know even more productively and be remote I don't need to go to the office anymore I've managed to survive and my, my organizations have grown without being in the office so what else can we do you know, people talk about remote working was working from home. But does remote working now mean in another time zone, in another country, in another region? So I, I think the the traditional relationship of the employer having the contract with the employee has totally gone. And I think smart employers today are thinking about how they are going to work with employees to rebuild that contract with them. So the power's perhaps shifted a little bit more into the hand of the employer rather than the employee. Is that what you're finding when customers talk to you, Mark? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the other thing is, um, you know, we've, we've had this expression, you know, the war for talent's been raging for years and years and years. And I think it was a narrative that, you know, a lot of people um, put out there to try and talk up the employment opportunities. But I think it's real. And I think what's re- happening out there is talent's won the war. Because organisations that want the skills are looking for those skills and people who've got them know they've got them. Yeah, and they know what their worth is in that organisation now because those skills are the competitive advantage for the organisation of the future. I think just picking up on that, you know, there definitely is a lot of power that sits both with the employer and with the employee. And for sure, employee expectations have changed. You know, they, they've had a taste of something, um, something that a lot of them wanted and a lot of them were asking for. And some of them were even getting before COVID. But there's another piece of the puzzle, which is that the expectations of businesses from their people are vastly different than they were even five years ago, let alone 10, let alone, you know, 150 years ago. So we now need our people to to bring their whole selves 
we, they, we don't want puzzle pieces that just slot into a position that's been predetermined and, and the employer says, you do this thing within these boundaries and then you get to go home and we will pay you for that. That's not what any employer wants. They, they want people who are going to come in and be problem solvers and spot tensions in the system and, and speak up and challenge conventional thinking and all of that. You can't do that with old ways of working. So yes, there's a sort of push from the employees that they want a better deal and they want to have more influence and they want to have this, this autonomy. They want to make a difference. But at the same time, the employer is desperate for people to come in and do that. So it's not like it's a one-sided, it's a one-sided equation. I, th- I think with the talent piece as well, one of the things that I've seen in the last few years, and I, I remember somebody saying during a, a graduate academy day to the graduates, be your genuine self, be your authentic self today. Because if you pretend to be somebody different, you're going to have to pretend to be that person for the rest of your career. <laughs> right. So if you're not comfortable in your tie, take your tie off. If you're not comfortable in your high heels, flick them off under the thing, you can walk around the, in, in bare feet. So that authenticity is, I think, absolutely paramount to the success of an individual in, a, in their career, but also in the contribution that they make and the organisation makes their development. I think the other thing that's really interesting is, and I notice this, I'm, I have the, the, the privilege and the, and the plague of being a, a parent to millennials and, and Gen Z. They have no filter. They don't see an issue with comment. So when you know you talk about feedback and the changing relationship and expectations of the employer, and they say we want your feedback, you're going to get it. You know, from somebody who's sub thirty, they're going to give it to you unfiltered. So don't make that statement unless you're prepared to the, for the feedback, and then you need to action that feedback. That's a really interesting point about being your authentic self and I think businesses are starting to look at people more than just a number in their business and this is where data plays a huge role in looking at a 360 degree view of each individual um, employee so so Mark you know in the world of technology how are we creating that data enabled culture? With data enablement is there's lots and lots of statistics out there and we measure everything every day from the recruitment process to the talent process But I think what we're starting to see now is our ability to gather data becomes more sophisticated. We can start to create patterns in that data. So we can start to see logical career maps for people. So somebody who joins their their career journey in their early 20s or late teens may not know where where they want to end up, what they want to do. As my dad used to say, what do you want to do when you grow up? They may not know that, but I think now as employers, we can help shape those by looking at talents that naturally come to the surface, that the data tells us that comes to the the surface. So we can start to shape careers to be meaningful for the employee and of value to the employer. I think this is really interesting in terms of, you know, I think about how used we are to feeding an algorithm. Right. We, we do it on all our social media. We know it's happening because the second we Google something, you know, we're then inundated with ads for it on, on Facebook or whatever. So we don't mind contributing to the algorithm or contributing to the data. We just don't want it to take a lot of effort. And so any tech that distracts a person from doing their job and also distracts them from the path of least resistance to doing their job Anything that, that distracts is, is a bad thing. We have to get really clever, and I think this is where you guys are so skilled, at 
at pulling out the data in an effortless way for the employee and then feeding it back to the organization also in an effortless way. There are so many time zapping activities. I sometimes say, you know, there's an advertising saying that 50% of your advertising budget is wasted. We just don't know which 50%. I think the same is true of time. 50% of how you're spending your time is not adding anything to the business, not moving anything forward, shifting no dials. Which 50% is it? And if any of it is contributing to the algorithm or to the richness of the data, then you're not interested. But if that contribution allows you to use the other 50% really, really effectively, then I think that's a massive win. That's a really key point as well. You've talked about the ease of technology and obviously we've talked about the younger workforce coming in we want to be able to work at the touch of a button the same consumer apps we use to order our food order from amazon we want that from the employee experience as well so what changes are we seeing mark in technology that's bringing that sort of consumer world into the employee experience i think it's a really really blurred line between experience in the customer world of customer service and employee experience because Everybody has an expectation today when it comes to experience. If you know whether you go to a fast food restaurant or a you know five star dining restaurant, you know if you had a good experience or not. The same is true at work. Yeah. So if you come in and you see things being difficult to do your day to day job, then that becomes frustrating and it can be a negative impact on retention. People can leave. So classically, you see in the in the people space manual documentation being passed around to people to sign. People just don't want to do that. They want to be able to authorise stuff at the click of the button. They want to review things at the click of a button on the screen. So the use of technology in everyday work is, is, is absolutely important. They want it presented universally to them and in, a, you know, in a global dashboard so they can select the information they want and they can do the job as effective as they can. So they expect that same level of consumer experience that they have when they're banking or ordering their food in the workplace. Do you think there's a fear though, Blair? I mean, obviously you work with a lot of leaders in business. You know, are, are they sort of panicking a little bit by the sort of new technology that's coming on and the need to quickly, quickly come out with something new for the employees? I think there's a few challenges for organisations. People absolutely want technology that is, from their perspective, a light touch you know, that, that, that does all the fancy back-end stuff, but they don't have to do much to, to achieve it. Um, but I'm very often brought into organisations who've either, they're in the run-up to implementing a new system or they've just implemented a new system. Everyone was consulted, you know, there was maybe some enthusiasm or quite a lot of enthusiasm, certainly in certain quarters about it. And then come day one and everybody's upset. And, you know, I'm sure you know this saying, but everyone, the, the best IT system you ever had was the last one. And that's how they always how they always seem to feel. And then one of the reasons they want to talk to me is, well, how can we pe- bring people on the journey? That for employers is a big concern, is we know this is going to help. We know it's going to solve so many of the questions that, that slow us down and that, that slow our people down and the frustrations that people have. But people are going to have to go on a journey with it, and that's going to be the hardest piece. And that sometimes is enough for them to either put it off, put off making the decision, or kind of dilute the decision 
in some way to go 20% or 30% towards what they really want um, rather than fully embracing it because they know it's going to be disruptive. And that's not because people don't like change. I, I, I get really irritated when people say, oh, well, people don't like change. You know, uh, I, I, people love change. People are changing stuff all the time. They're buying a new house and they're going on all the day and they're having babies and getting married and they're doing all sorts of stuff. What they, what they don't like is change being imposed upon them that they have no influence over that they didn't ask for and that they're not expected, that they're, there's an expectation somehow that they'll just do what they're told as opposed to this idea that we're going to go on a journey with this, we're going to be tweaking it, we're going to be bug fixing it, we want you to be contributing to making it better. Um, and, and that's something that employers, I think, aren't that sure how to do and that's why they do it in a more tell and sell way. And then they get exactly the result that they were trying to avoid, which is resistance. I also think, just adding to that point, I think employers and leaders need to be braver in the aspiration they set for their employees and their organisation. And I think you're right. I think people have this grand idea and they get nervous about the change and the adoption and oh, will people you know, think this is a great idea and will they like it? And they lose the vision or the outcome that they're trying to drive in that confusion of change. And, and therefore, I, I, I say people just need to be really, really aspirational, really drive that outcome. Like you say, bring people on the journey with them and empower them and enable them in that process of design. And I think sometimes as well, change fails, especially with technology, because you have analog thinkers designing for digital natives. So I'm an analog thinker, yeah? So I will start from my experiences over, you know, the last 15 or 20 years. My children will start at a totally different point. And I think in designing the outcomes that we want and how we're gonna deliver those with the technology we use, we have to put ourselves in their shoes and not in the shoes of the past. So back to my, I suppose a little bit my comment about, you know, asking for feedback and getting it from millennials and Gen Z in an unfiltered way, get them to design the systems of the future for you because they'll buy into it more and it will be something they're ready to adopt, whatever it may be. So talking about the journey, the change that people are going on, you know, Mark, from a sort of future, future tech predictions, you know, can you gaze into your crystal ball and give us an insight as to what is to come for employees? Really interesting. So I think one of the things that we will see is the rise of AI and ChatGPT. And I think what that will do is we'll start to take away uh, the even more mundane in the workplace for us. So, you know, taking um, the, I don't know, the preparation of documents, of PowerPoints, of reports, and things like that, and using AI and ChatGPT to actually deliver those for you. If I think about the amount of time you spend writing up notes and things like that, I think that just gives so much time back, which uh, allows that creativity element. I mean, I'm experiencing that myself. Just last week, I concluded a meeting with a with a client. I dictated my sort of very rough notes onto a Word document, cut and pasted it into ChatGPT, asked it to turn it into some bullets and a summary of action steps, which it did instantaneously, and then I just cut and pasted that and sent it off to a client. What that means, firstly, I saved a good hour and a sort of really boring hour, rethinking what happened in the meeting and how to write the notes up into some way that made sense. But it also meant that they got 
the summary of the meeting, the actions, it, immediately. And that meant that there was no cooling off period after our meeting. They could go ahead and make the decisions they needed to make. I think this stuff is incredible. And I think there will be an expectation that people just aren't going to want to spend time doing their timesheets, doing their mileage. Whatever it is, people don't want it. They, they don't enjoy doing it. It's always taking a huge amount of time. It's always left to the last minute, which then impacts the finance department and, you know, these very busy times in the finance department schedule because everyone's left their stuff to the last moment. All of that is ironed out, and it's a much smoother experience of being at work. And if we can take away these kind of extrinsic challenges and make work easier, then people have more energy and more brain space for the stuff that really matters. Yeah, some great examples. I think about the things that I do, and you talked about finance... Expenses. AI could produce my expense report. It knows what's in my calendar. It knows when the, the financial period start and end. It can do that. I use a, a badge to walk into work. It knows when I'm on the premises or not. So it can drive timesheet applications. All those things that you just sit and do that are mundane, that, that get in the way of creativity and driving outcomes, could easily be, be automated. Any final thoughts then on the world of employee experience, where it's going, where it is today, and and obviously what you talk to leaders and customers about day to day? We talk about employee experience. What we're really talking about is employee partnership, just as we talk about customer partnership. This idea that fundamentally people who work in your business are a little bit annoying, that, you know, we wish they were more like machines, we wish they were just be compliant and do what they're asked to do and not make too much of a fuss. We shift away from that towards we cannot solve these complex, sophisticated challenges without partnership with our people. And the tech is there to to facilitate that, to make it quicker and less painful and give you access to exactly what you need and allow you to see the progress that you've made and pull the right people together to solve problems. It does all of that for you in an effortless way. And then the other picture is even more humanity. Work environments, whether that's office environments or home working environments that bring out our humanity that acknowledge that we are complete people and that our interests outside of work and our passions outside of work and our priorities are just as important to our contribution at work. I think it's an idealistic approach in a way but I also think that leaders are capable of letting go of their old-fashioned notions and acknowledging that that's what they need. And as soon as they acknowledge that, they'll realize that they can stop doing a bunch of things that they don't like doing either. Supervising people's work, having these catch-ups to find out how people have been progressing, which nobody likes. And what they'll be able to do instead is be the people who create the space to allow their the other people around them to do their best work. There'll be space for the empathy, for the trust, for the authenticity we've talked about. Everyone will have that that capability to do that. Yes, and the working day will feel very, very different because you'll be allowed to think. You'll be able to talk. You'll be allowed to talk about things that aren't anything to do with work because you know that these conversations, a bit like this conversation here, they weave their way to something much more profound than 
when people are emailing each other back and forth and sitting in front of their computer screen. I think one of the things as well is you talk about you know new ways of working. I challenged somebody the other day to look in their diary and say, if you look at all the meetings that you have in your diary this week, how many meetings could you cancel? And if you need to be at that meeting, how could you make the outcome of that meeting still happen but without having the meeting? So it's a little bit to your, your point is, is, is looking at the time that you spend and in a meeting talking about a project or program of work may be productive, but could it be more productive by not being together? How could technology help that uh, program of work? How could AI help that program of work? And how could you just let that individual or that group of individuals be more productive by being more empowered. You know, a lot of organizations employ very good people. People don't turn up to work to do a bad job. People turn up to work to do a good job. So empower them to do that. Make their working life as easy as possible by giving them the best tools and technology to, to perform their, their jobs at work. But also when you start to look at experience, I think it starts to become a total experience. I think some employers are now also starting to think, actually, what's my employee's journey like to work in the morning? How could we make that more effective if they have to take public transport or drive or park? How can we make that journey into work less stressful so that when they're in work, they can be as productive as possible? If they're working from home, how can we manage some of the noise and chaos that goes on in our everyday lives to, to just make that smoother, easier, calmer and quieter for them so that when they're ready to work they're doing the best work they, they can possibly do and I think that just then opens up the door to people really being able to work at any time anywhere they want to not controlled by a Monday to Friday 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock agenda and I think it's about being brave I love that because obviously we're talking today about employee experience, but actually, you know, we're talking about empowering customers as well day to day and how they work with brands and businesses. So actually, maybe total experience is actually more around total empowerment. We're empowering employees, we're empowering customers. It's not just about the day to day experience they have. It's about, you know, the empowerment that we give them. So I quite like that. So should we just rebrand total experience to total empowerment? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but but it ultimately comes down to... Am I thinking about the employee in this moment and what they're doing and how is what they're doing going to benefit or improve the customer's life or the citizen's life? Well, there you go. Um, I was joined today by Blair Palmer and Mark Allen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the ServiceNow Executive Circle UK&I podcast.